Hey, it's Chris here. Before we get started with today's show, I just wanted to bring your attention to the fact that we will be meeting in London, England on May 18 for the Youpreneur Mid-Year Mastermind. This is our brand new one-day event focused entirely on making sure that you get the clarity and the growth strategies that you need right here in the middle of the year, or maybe just before the middle of the year, to continue to catapult your business forward to amazing growth and success. If you would love to be with us, there are limited tickets left, but we'd love to see you there. All you need to do is head over to youpreneur.com forward slash mid-year for all of the information and to be able to reserve your spot. That's youpreneur.com forward slash mid-year. Now, let's get on with the episode. This is Youpreneur FM. The official podcast of the Youpreneur Mastermind Community, a place where no entrepreneur gets left behind in their pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. And now, and now, now. here's your host, serial entrepreneur and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Chris Ducker. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 331 of Youpreneur FM. I'm your host, Chris Ducker, as always, and it's a pleasure to have you inserting me into your day today. My friend, you are in the right place here if you are an entrepreneur that wants to build a business based around you, your personality, your experience, your own little quirks, and the people that you want to serve. A great conversation today coming up with Todd Herman, who over the years has helped tens of thousands of people achieve their absolute most ambitious goals. He focuses in on helping people become more resilient, more confident, more creative, and more courageous. And you are going to love him, I tell you. However, before we get cracking, just a quick reminder that Youpreneur FM is brought to you by the Youpreneur Mastermind community, the premier online community for entrepreneurs wanting to build a profitable, sustainable business based around their experience and those that they want to serve. Community members get exclusive access to our acceleration training library, which includes everything you'll need to know to build, market, and monetize a successful business. And couple that together with our monthly mastermind calls, discounted tickets to our live events, and access to our enthusiastic, supportive member-only forums, and you've got everything you need to succeed. If you're serious about building the business of you, as I call it, and in the most rewarding profitable way possible, then you must join us. So be sure to head over to youpreneur.com today for more info. Now onto that conversation with Todd. I know you're going to love this conversation. Todd's new book has just come out called The Alter Ego Effect. And he's been helping people, like I said, achieve massive success through their ambitions. Quote him on his own website, helping ambitious people do hard things since Bieber was a baby. I'm assuming he means Justin Bieber. Anyway, it's a great conversation. We deep dive into what it takes to truly transform your life through utilizing the power of our own secret identities. I just started reading this book myself, and I've got to be honest with you, I think it's going to be my favorite one of the entire year. 
and we're only in February. <laughs> so take that on board. Um, it's a it's a, a true mental game kind of playbook here in helping you achieve anything you really want as a youpreneur, particularly as someone building that business of you focus around them and what they're doing from an entrepreneurial perspective. I know you're going to love it. I'm not going to hold you back any longer. Here's myself and Todd chatting up a storm. So, Todd, welcome to Youpreneur FM, man. How are you? My man, um, as I said earlier, Mr. Princess, how are you, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think today is, is got to be the Princess Day. And when you said it to me, I was like, I need to be called Princess more often. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in touch with my feminine side. I like that. Um, yeah. Listen, it's, it's, it's a pleasure to be talking to you um, and, and quite surprising as well at the same time. Here we are, bang smack in the middle of a very, very, very busy book launch period for you and your mm -hmm. new book, The Alter Ego Effect, which we'll dive into in a minute. But um, I've got to ask you, I mean, you kind of, you know, you're in the middle of the first week here so yeah. far. How are you feeling about it so far? Um. It's been, I mean, I've been working some very long hours because I've been doing a ton of uh, podcast and media and traveling back and yep. forth across from LA to New York to, or to LA back to New York and stuff. But um, it's been exciting. I mean, because this is um, an idea that I've been using with clients for over 15, 16 years now. And after being uh, poked and prodded and nudged for a very long time to write the book, it's, um, it's exciting to finally have it out. Um, with people. So the adrenaline is keeping me going. No doubt it is. I mean, I remember when we talked about this a couple of years back when we were hanging out at San Diego yeah. and you were like, this is coming out soon. It's going to be incredible. I can't wait to unleash it onto the world. And the moment you started talking about what the book was going to focus around, I was like, oh yes, <laughs> this is so good. We all yeah. need this so yeah. bad. So give us the... Um, give us kind of like, you know, the, 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 the simple breakdown of what the book is about, um, sure. and and then I, and then I want to deep dive on two or three other little points uh, for the main part of the talk here. But, but yeah, I guess, what is it? Yes, what is the I mean, um, I, I to, to to relate it to someone to to the person that's listening right now, it's that you know we all face resistance. Um, especially those of us that have got businesses where we're the face of it, which I know is um, a big, big chunk of your audience. And so oh, yes. but that, that natural resistance of getting ourselves out there, um, getting us to take the action that we want to take. Um, there's that natural little enemy that sits inside of everyone. You know, Carl Jung would call it the, the shadow self that wants to pull you back into safety. Um, and oftentimes too many people listen to it and then they don't go and take the actions that they want to take. Um, and myself as someone who's been working with Olympic athletes or pro athletes and, you know, public figures and leaders in business for 22 years now. Um, and I'm a practitioner. I work with people one-on-one -on -one for the longest time. And of course I've got like group stuff and, and programs, but the, the book is all about a big remembering. I, I said it in the book where everyone has already used this because it's a part of the human psyche. It's a natural part of how we all operate when we were kids and we, you know, tapped into that childlike self where we played with, you know, being a cowboy or an astronaut or our favorite athlete or Wonder Woman or Spider-Man. And we did that to just try on different ideas and see what we could do. And then we, that creative imagination starts to get lost because we get, we hear things like grow up, um, act your age. Um, you know, it's, 
we, we start to think that it's time to be an adult. And we think that those things are childish and we need to start being more serious. And that is when we start to separate ourselves away from the natural superpower that we as human beings are gifted with, which is our creative imagination. It is truly the only thing that makes us different than every other animal on this planet. Um, you know, at, when it comes down to uh, a skill or um, uh, an innate quality that we have, this ability to create a heaven from hell or a hell from heaven, you know, stories and narrative in our own minds. Mm-hmm. And we walk away from that. And it's, um, it's, uh, it's a big mistake because really extraordinarily successful people have been using this idea for a very long time. And I talk about it in the book, whether it's Martin Luther King or it's Oprah or it's um, Winston Churchill, and they've all been tapping into this idea for a long time. And it's about me bringing it back and remembering and giving it to people and saying, bringing an ally into the internal world that you have to actually combat that natural shadow enemy that sits there is an extraordinarily healthy thing to do. And it helps you get the most of who you are out onto the field of play. Now you talk in the book, you talk a lot about the enemy and the hidden mm-hmm. forces and all that sort of stuff. What, what is that? What do you mean by that exactly? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I alluded to the term resistance. It's kind of like the catch-all type of term for um, for this, you know, um, right. Stephen Pressfield wrote a great book on it, you know, the, the war of art, um, and this, the enemy is just trying to give form and substance to that internal, uh, issue that many people have. Again, we live in a world of duality you know, there's up, down, there's inside, out, there's hot, there's cold, and there's enemies and there's heroes. Um, and to think of it contextually inside of our own mind that way is really healthy because we're already story-making beings. Well, if we bring that story internal and we just understand that this, this enemy, this which has a bunch of different common forces, and then he has hidden forces that he uses to try to pull you back off of the field of play that you want to go out and um, compete on or perform on. Things like, you know, common forces are like, you know, worrying what other people are going to think of you, the judgment of others. Um, Another common force is anytime that you're uh, worrying about whether or not you're going to look good, oftentimes those forces are wrapped around the situation and the circumstance, the people that are there not wanting to be ridiculed or something. It's very common. People talk about it all the time. But, But there's more sinister hidden forces that also have stopped people that sit a lot more times under the surface and are like the puppet strings that you don't even realize are being pulled as to why you are or not are not performing the way that you want and those three forces the kind of really common or the the hidden forces are things like imposter syndrome which is right. a very popular topic nowadays um that idea that it seems to me like everyone and their dog it, that i that i come into contact with yeah Mits to almost be suffering from it in some way, mm-hmm. shape, or form. I mean, social media obviously has played a massive role in that, you know. Yeah, yeah, big time. Um, like some more followers or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's that, but imposter syndrome is really that it's the massive dismissing away of what your actual achievements have been. And you dismiss them away with things like, oh, it was right place, right time. It was luck. It's It was like, well, yeah, of course that was supposed to happen because of, you know, whatever you're about to insert there as a reason. Um, and that is very, it's, just, um, it's an insidious way of demeaning yourself. And then of course, 
it creates this imposter syndrome of, you know, why me? And, or they're going to find me out or something like that, which I mean, Maya Angelou even talked about all the time that, you know, every time she published a poem, she thought to herself, "Uh Oh, this is where they're going to find me out and realize I'm not as good as um, (laughs) they think that I am. Right. Um, Right. Which is, which is a crazy idea. You know, so imposter syndrome is one of those hidden forces. Another hidden force is um, personal trauma. You know, some people, everyone has experienced trauma at some point in time in their, in their life because that's just how the brain will categorize and um, uh, process. Even an event like seeing a car accident can, is, is a traumatic experience in the brain. Now, there's degrees of trauma as well, right? Like, you know, sexual abuse or, um, you know, just a constant wearing down of being told that you're not good enough um, by, you know, a family member or something like that. So trauma will, of course, dictate people's behavior and and how they show up in the world. And then the third one is something I, I call tribal narratives inside the book. And tribal narratives are um, when anytime you're a part of a group, you will oftentimes start taking on the personality um, or the uh, behavior of that group, like say for example, um, you know, your religion can be one of those tribal narratives. Well, Catholics can't do that, or you know, Jews don't do this, or you know, and that stops some people from going and pursuing the thing that they want to do. Another one is your family, even you know, well, Ducker's never been a good on, you know, no one in my family has ever been an entrepreneur, so why would I? Um, right. Or you know, Hermans do this, things like that. Uh, or even being a police officer, you start taking on this persona of that, that, that group. Now they can be very healthy for some people, but they can also sometimes hold people back and create what I call in the book, the trapped self where you, you want to be out there doing something, but something is trapping you at any one of in chapter three, I talk about the different layers of how we create ourselves in this um, framework and model to give people real context of how you can actually start to diagnose and, uh, and change yourself. But at the end of the day, all of this stuff, Ducker, is, is about now, you could go one route, which when you have this force of resistance, which is mm-hmm. typically an unconscious thing, you could do what everyone has been talking about for the longest time in the self-help and personal development world, which frustrates me because I know that these people aren't actually practitioners. They're not really helping people. They're just regurgitating old ideas and spinning it in a new way. And they, everyone talks about this force uh, to combat it called willpower. Use your willpower. Just do it. Make it happen. Get out there. Do something. Um, well, all those things sound good. And when you have a when you have a healthy human being sitting in front of you who has zero issues or challenges or personal narrative that's destructive from the past, sure, willpower is a very easy thing to go and use to defeat resistance because there's very little resistance there to defeat. But for most people, and I've worked with over a hundred Olympians. And I can tell you that 82% of my clientele over the um, 20 plus years, I have referred off to working with um, therapists because when I'm poking around between the six inches of the years, helping people get out there um, and really performing, you sometimes find just really deeply um, uh, hidden things that are uh, stopping people from making things happen, or you find driving forces that are actually negative that are causing them to go out and be a high achiever. So I'm not qualified to work with people on that stuff. I mean, I got to stay in my lane in performance. I'm I not a therapist. And um, yeah. And so 
through that process though, um, helping people tap into their creative imagination and bringing an ally, which Cicero called it in 44 BC when he named the alter ego, he called it the other eye or trusted friend. Now this shadow force has something else that it has to compete against. And that can be your trusted friend, whether you're acting through your inner Oprah or you're acting through um, your inner Martin Luther King or Wolverine or Batman or Spider-Man or Panther or whatever. People use this stuff naturally. And it's an extremely healthy way to use a vehicle to help get yourself out there. And it has nothing to do with faking it to you making it. So let me ask you this then. I'm curious to know. I mean, obviously you've done a lot of research, and I mean, there's mm-hmm. studies upon studies in the book and all the rest of it, but based on all the people that you've worked with throughout the course of your career where you have been helping them with their performance and, you know, maybe other issues along the way, whatever yeah. it is, have you seen that people, I mean, or, or probably the question, the better question is, do people ever confuse what an alter ego actually really is at the core of it? Yes, all the time. Okay. Um, when people, especially especially adults. Um, kids don't. Um, ironically enough, if there is a group, if there's two groups of people that um, rarely, if ever, have given um, me, sorry, three groups. If, if there's three groups of people who have never given me any resistance um, with the idea, one, children. They, they, they tap into this Easily, 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds, those people who are at that transition stage where they've been told to start acting their age, right. but it wasn't too long ago that they were actually playing with this idea. Right. They're like, they feed off of this. They, they love it. The second group, oddly enough, as a demographic or a race of people, which is because uh, again, I work a lot in sport and just the nature of some of the sports I work inside of, there's a lot of African-Americans that are in there. Um, that particular group of people doesn't resist against it. African-Americans... Um, don't. And it's, I think it's because culturally, again, I'm, I'm really just trying to like, I'm just surmising on it is that they're very much tuned into creative arts. Um, they're expressive. They're an expressive group of people and, uh, they don't object to it. And then the third group is actually really high performing, successful people, like really high performing. The group of people that ever resists against it is the group that's stuck in the middle. And oftentimes people who are stuck in the middle are very much dictated. And a lot of their behavior is dictated by circumstance, situation, and worrying about what other people are going to think of them. And it's this purgatory place, right? And so they will hear the word alter ego um, or secret identity, and they think it's about being fake. And it has nothing to do with that. Um, history has proven that just the way the human psyche works, um, proves that. And in fact, when you really, again, break this down, nothing is more fake than when you could have said something and you didn't, Mm. when you, when you have the ability to do something and you don't, and I'm not saying this to beat people up, but it's like truly, because again, I have been inside everyone's head for a very, very, very long time. I know how people internalize stuff. So it's not about blaming. It's about me talking in real talk to whoever's listening to this, that that's when you really think about when your head hits a pillow at night, nothing beats you up more than when you say, why didn't I say that? Why didn't I raise my hand? Why didn't I speak up? Why didn't I ask for the sale when it was obvious that what I have for them is the perfect fit for their problem, their issue. And instead you kind of, instead you go, oh, well, you know, give me a call when you're ready or yep, take some time. No, 
it's, it's actually doing someone real disservice from a sales point of view to allow them to walk away and sit in indecision because some people need help making that decision and what they're truly looking for. I mean, because I know your audience, there are a lot of service-based people and they're selling services for the most part. Most of them probably aren't. I mean, they might be doing some e-commerce or whatever, but for the most part. I mean, to make it clear and and it's always nice to reiterate for those tuning in as well. I mean, the very, you know, core of a youpreneur and it's and their ecosystem is you know the combination of digital products courses that yeah. sort of stuff books obviously live events in some way mm-hmm. form coaching consulting so yeah you're hitting the nail bang smack on on the head yeah and so when people are approaching any one of us that um delivers products and services that way never ever forget the number one thing that people are buying from you is confidence and certainty. And so when you are showing up in that field of play, your business, and if you are not bringing that heroic self, which I talk about in the book, to that moment, you are actually giving that person a disservice. So when I find someone who I know I can make a big difference for them, I feel for that person enough to go, you are not walking away from this moment back into purgatory and thinking about this because how long have you been dealing, dealing with this to even get to the point to talk to me anyway? Because think about it. Anytime someone finally gets to the point where they're, they've, they've walked through the pathway of indecision for a long time or not taking action and they're finally actually talking to someone, a lot of times they've been dealing with the pain of something for such a long time and now they're taking action and you're going to let them walk away? Not a chance. Not a chance. Because if you truly do care about the people that you serve, you will bring that most confident self and say, you know what, Chris, I appreciate the fact that you, you say that you want to think about it, but let's think about it together right now so you can walk away with a decision. And this is not me pushing a sale on you whatsoever. What this is me doing is pushing a new possibility onto you that I can be a part of that can help transition you out of where you are now to where you want to go because I know the system that we have is the bridge to make it happen. This is so good. And I mean, I can feel, and I'm sure everybody else that's tuning in and listening right now, we can hear the sincereness in your voice. I mean, you and I know each other well, but I mean, when you're talking to me like this, I mean, it's clear you've written this book for a very clear reason for, for a lot of people to obviously get their hands on and learn from and, and, and Mm -hmm. hopefully become better at what they do as human beings in the process. But I mean, like why, why, why was it so important? for you at this point in your life to actually get this book out into the world? Because, I mean, you could have done it yeah. 10 years ago. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Five years from now, you could have, right? Why yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's actually a few reasons. One, um, this particular um, uh, concept and part of my business was actually the secret sauce of my, um, of my sports company. And it's what I, it's what I'm known for in pro sports is the guy who comes in and builds alter egos and secret identities. No one else did it and had a, so had a process. I mean, such a differentiator. It's yeah. So and I mean, good. this, really this is. goes back to like your, your, the stuff that you talk about with people, which is fine. I mean, when you can find that unique nail, um, that, 
um, you can be known for. It's a, it's a, I mean, think about the specificity of this, right? Like I'm known for like this alter egos and secret identities in pro sports. Um, and so I was really, uh, I'm really more known for being a quick hit artist. You know, there's some people who come in and they're going to work with you for a long period of time. That typically isn't what I do with, um, with athletes. Now I do have athletes that are, you know, I work with over a long period of time, but I'm typically brought in because I know like is because I'm known for making a result and a shift happen very fast. So I didn't write it because of that reason. Cause I know the moment I write this now, there's going to be, you'll, you'll see Google trends where now everyone's going to be, um, you know, coaching people on, on alter egos, which is fine. Again, I didn't invent alter egos and I'm, I'm clear about this in the book. This is a naturally occurring part of the human, um, consciousness. However, I just codified it. I'm the one who paid attention. I used it myself when I played sports and I had, you know, college scholarships um, for football. And then I used it when I started getting into business because I was 21, looked like I was 12, so insecure about the fact that I looked like I was too young. Who was going to believe me? Who was going to listen to me on this context of, you know, the mental game? And so I used it to step into this super Richard version of myself. So I went out and I bought a pair of glasses that I talk about in the book, now, why it's important. Really interesting. Oh, can we dive on in on this right now? Yeah. Like I, so I, <laughs> this is so good. I've known you for a good time and you've mm-hmm. always had your specs on and yeah. you know, we've hung out, you've always had your specs on and then <laughs> I'm on your website. I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks ago or whatever it was. And I'm watching a video. Uh, of you talking about this and you're mm-hmm. telling the story of how you're wearing your glasses but you don't actually need the glasses. No. talk to us about yeah. this because i was kind of like my my i mean you know it wasn't sort of life-changing of a moment for me right yeah my jaw didn't hit the chair or anything in front of me but i was just like oh my god like i had no idea <laughs> talk to us about yeah. that this is great. yeah so yeah. So, I mean, when I, like I said, I was insecure about how young I looked and, um, I thought back to, you know, my, me playing football and, and the, uh, the alter ego that I used to go out and bring my, you know, best athletic self out there was Geronimo and he was a composite of many different, different inspiring figures to me. Um, and then, uh, when I got into business, I was like, wait a second, you know, I'm stopping myself from making the calls I need to make in order to get my business out there. Um, and I used Geronimo when I played football to bring my, you know, best self onto the field. Why don't I use Geronimo in business? And I thought, well, contextually it really doesn't help because he's very aggressive and, you know, it's just not for that field that doesn't help, but you know, how do I want to be showing up? And I always thought that people who wore glasses were smart, um, you know, more articulate. And again, that's just, we all have these like weird beliefs that we, um, start to, uh, create. So I thought, well, why don't I, why don't I bring that self out there? And so I went to lens crafters in West Edmonton mall where I was living at the time. Now I'm in New York city and, uh, I bought a pair of non-prescription glasses and this is in the late nineties. This was when everyone was getting LASIK and the optometrist even said, he's like, you don't need glasses. Why do you want glasses? And I'm like, can you just please give me glasses? <laughs> and, uh, nowadays people wear glasses for dress and that's actually why I wear them now. It's for that. But in the beginning, um, I was leveraging this idea of enclosed cognition, which is a psychological phenomenon that every human being has where we will um, attribute meaning and story to the things that other people wear and we wear. You know, like when we see a policeman's uniform, we automatically 
you know, tell a story about that person. When we see someone with a doctor's coat on and a stethoscope, there's a story that we automatically attribute to that person. They're, you know, they're smart, um, they're successful, they're disciplined or whatever it is for someone. Um, and so when I was putting on those glasses, I was stepping into the confident, articulate and decisive self, because that is not how I was showing up. And that's who I wanted to activate in business. And it helped me get past all that insecurity. Right. Um, and then later on, when I was doing a speech in 2004 at a leadership event, and uh, I was talking on stage about the mental game and everything. And I was telling people about how I used glasses in the very beginning to step into this um, self. And when I got done the, the talk, I was off stage and this lady came up to me and she said, I loved your, um, your, your talk on stage. In fact, um, Martin, specifically the glasses thing that you, that you have that, and they're, they're non-prescription. And what's crazy is Martin didn't need glasses either. And I was like, interesting. And I looked down and her uh, name tag says Coretta Scott King. So Martin Luther King's wife. <laughs> approached me and she was telling me how Martin didn't need glasses either. He had perfect vision and he wore non-prescription glasses as well to step into what she called his distinguished self so that he could go out there and do the important things because he felt like he was leading such an important movement and mission and he didn't want his own insecurities to get in the way. So he adopted this distinguished self to do the difficult things to take almost like a shield and um, shield himself, his sort of core self away from those um, uh, criticisms and slings and arrows that get sent his way and make sure that he did lead that mission and movement forward. And now actually in the Atlanta Hartsfield airport, there's a monument and section to Martin Luther King where in one of the um, uh, boxes they have his glasses and there's a card next to it that said Martin Luther King had perfect vision um, and he used these to step into his distinguished self. So, and I never shared that story until recently because it was a personal conversation between Credit and I. Um, but now that the that that's out there and obviously now that the book is there, I love telling that story. And in fact, on the cover of the book, those glasses that I have on there aren't mine. They're actually more, they're a replica of Martin Luther King's uh, glasses. And, and so we use these totems and artifacts all the time. Now, all I'm doing with people with this idea, just like I've done for, you know, 15, 16 years is be very intentional about using this amazing power of our creative imagination and having, and stepping into and using a trusted friend as Cicero would do it or said it as an alter ego to help bridge that gap between what you think you can do now and where you want to go. I love it. I mean, it's, it's such a great and incredibly fascinating um, subject to dive deeper into. You guys are tuning in clearly. Um, you're going to have to get this, but I mean, like, you know, I have a lot of authors on the show, as you know, um, it, you know, who do I have on the show? I have people who are youpreneurs themselves. And of course, yeah. as part of their own ecosystems, they're going to have their own books out. But uh, there yeah. are a lot of authors on the show. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that I've got a sneaky suspicion this possibly will be my favorite book of the entire year. And we're only in February. So that's a <laughs> thing to say for you guys out. It's a big thing. Well, I, I appreciate that because, um, uh, you know, as a commonwealther myself, I know how hard it is to convince a good Brit um, of a good idea. Um, in fact, I just got uh, a message from a friend of mine, Tristan, over in uh, Australia, who is uh, definitely somewhere on the spectrum. He's a unique guy. 
um, extraordinarily honest. And I, I mean, I, I couldn't love the guy more. And he said, uh, you know, excited. To, he sent me a quick message on Facebook saying, excited. I just got your Audible um, book. Going to be listening to it um, later today. And then he sent me a follow-up message about nine hours later. And it's just all caps. OMG, this book is amazing. Um, and it's probably, it's, it's my, it's my favorite response I've gotten so far, just because I know Tristan so well. And I know how he is a fantastic, uh, skeptic about things. Um, or, or he just, he's just really pragmatic. And, um, no, I, I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you, my friend. I appreciate you taking time out of a very busy launch schedule as well, uh, above and beyond everything else. For you guys tuning in, youpreneur.com forward slash 331 for the show notes. We'll link to Todd's site, his social, the book website, all that kit and caboodle. It's out right now. You can grab it on Amazon and in all good bookstores, literally all around the world. Todd, congrats on the launch. Uh, Thanks, man. Thank you for calling me princess at the top of the show. (laughs) That's the highlight for me. You bet. I'm going to leave people with just one final thought, okay? Um, I talk about uh, Cary Grant, which is a fantastic Brit who came to America and was a Hollywood golden era actor um, in the 1940s and 50s, known as being very debonair and charismatic and carried himself with um, that kind of panache that, you know, people would think of when they think of maybe James Bond. Um, But he was someone who actually battled depression. most of his life and always concerned about kind of the thoughts of others. But near the end of his career and his life, he had this phenomenal quote where he says, I pretended to be somebody I wanted to be. And I finally became that person or he became me or we met at some point. And it's a perfect illustration of what we're talking about with an alter ego is there is this self that you have right now. And you think of it like a two circle Venn diagram. There's the self that you have right now. And there's this version that you know that you can be with all the capabilities and skills that you have right now, but somehow that performance isn't showing up. And the great thing about the creative imagination and your, and an alter ego is it's the bridge to connect the two. And just like me, I was sitting down at my desk one day and a few years into, or not even a few years, a little while into my business, and I didn't have my glasses on. And I was acting as exactly as I wanted to be, confident, decisive, and articulate. And I had become the person that I wanted to be. Hmm. So the only thing I would change with Carrie's quote is I activated somebody I wanted to be. And I finally became that person. And that's really the true idea behind an alter ego. It's something that's embedded in everybody. There's not really much you need to learn around it. I do unpack the process, but it's fun to read about the science of it and also all the other people that have used it in the past. So um, ping me, tag me on social media when you get the book and I'd love to hear from people. There you go. There's your call to action, everybody. Go get it in ya. The alter ego effect by Todd Herman. Todd, thank you again, buddy, for being on. Thanks, Princess. There he did. Right at the end, he had to top and tail the show. That was great. For you guys tuning in, um, love and respect you more than anything. You know this. I'll be back at you again next week with another episode of your favorite personal branding business podcast. Until then, take good care. And bye for now. If you enjoyed today's show, I'd love for you to check out the Youpreneur Mastermind Community. It's the go-to resource for everyone wanting to build a profitable, future-proof business based around their experience and those that they want to serve. So whether you're just starting out or if you've been working hard on your personal brand and building your online platform for a while, the Youpreneur Mastermind Community can help you take everything you've been doing to the next level. 
with lots of training, live mastermind calls, and thriving community forums where you can get the feedback, advice, and more energy and encouragement than you'll know what to do with, the Youpreneur Mastermind community is the perfect place for anyone wanting to learn how to build, market, and monetize their personal brand. For more info and to get started on your new Youpreneur journey, head over to youpreneur.com today. I'll see you on the inside.